not about the presence under the tree. It's not about the sails or the songs or the snow. It's about a promise God gave us for every time we feel isolated, forgotten, lonely, for everyone who needs connection, closeness, warmth, or just to know they're not alone. This story's about Emmanuel, God with us. Well, hello, friends. If I haven't met you before, my name is Brian. I'm the creative pastor here at Christ the King, and I'm just excited to be with you. I'm excited for this season. Uh, I've always loved Christmas. It truly is the best time of year. But I was watching this TV show the other day, and they were interviewing people, and they were asking them what their favorite holiday was. And in rapid succession, there was three or four people, I can't remember, that all said Thanksgiving in a row. And I'll be honest, I was a little disturbed by that answer. Don't get me wrong, I don't have anything against Thanksgiving. Thanksgiving is good. Giving thanks is something you should do. Turkey's fine, a little bit overrated, but that is personal opinion. That's fine. But what my wife and I, we started talking, and what we started realizing is that Christmas, in a lot of ways, is the same as Thanksgiving. We eat the same food, at least in our family units, on Christmas that we do in Thanksgiving, and we spend time with the same people on Christmas that we do in Thanksgiving. And so, at its core, in essence, Christmas is the same thing as Thanksgiving, but it's like Thanksgiving with presents and with lights and with movies and with trees and with snow and with snowflakes and with all sorts of things that in my mind, and I think objectively prove that Christmas is better and all of God's people said, amen. Thank you, Jesus. Something the whole family can agree on. Whew, I love that. But here's the thing. I love season. Did I mention with presents? I love presents personally. I don't know if you are mature enough to admit that about yourself in public, but that's just a part of me. It's one of my love languages, and maybe you guys are too uh, holy or think that Santa's pagan or whatever. I'm just telling you, I love the whole thing. I love all of it, and I'm for it. But really, aside from all of the pomp and circumstance, what I love about the season is that it gives us an opportunity to be with the people that we love. It's just the perfect season to make memories with the people that we love. And that's what this season is about. Uh, at its core, that's what this series is really about. It's about this idea of with. And it's about God's promise to be with us. So Isaiah 7, chapter 14, or chapter 7, verse 14 says, Therefore, the Lord himself will give you a sign. The virgin will conceive and give birth to a son. And we'll call him Emmanuel, which means God with us. So it's so important, even in the name that was given, Emmanuel, it's not God over us. It's not God before us. It's not God behind us. It is a partnership language. It is God with us. Out of any of the ways that we could have described it, that is the way that Isaiah says God is going to come into the story. He's going to be a God of with and this is the promise that God gave through Isaiah hundreds of years before. And I've always kind of just thought about it as this Christmas scripture. But what I'm realizing and what I hope that we can realize together is that it's so much more than that. There was this pastor named Kurt Harlow. And he said, although millions of words have been written trying to describe it, Christ's entire strategy to transform the world, the world can be articulated with just one four-letter preposition, with. I'm going to say that again, and at least three people will say amen, and then we'll continue. 
But although millions of words have been written to describe this, get this, guys, Christ's entire strategy, so Jesus Christ's entire strategy to transform the world can be articulated with just one four-letter preposition, and that's with. This is not just God's promise that he was going to come as a baby. This is God's entire strategy to transform hearts, to transform minds, to transform countries, to transform the world. He is a God of with. Everything that he does and his entire strategy is to allow you this Christmas season to know that God is with you. This is what Christmas is about. This is the good news, friends. I need you to know it's not about the presence under the tree. It's about a promise that was fulfilled. It's about celebrating the fact that we are not alone. Even if you in this moment right now feel lonely, even if you feel isolated, Emmanuel, God with us, is with us. And one of the ways that he's with us is through people. And that's really the idea that I want to hold up today and just kind of look at and understand so that we can see our part in the story that God is writing. But first, I would just love to pray for us. So, Holy Spirit, you are with us. God, that's something that we say so oftentimes, God, especially this season of Christmas, when we talk about Emmanuel, God with us. Would you allow us to not view that as something common, not to view that as something that we already know and we don't have to actually think about or consider. But God, would you give us fresh eyes, God, even new eyes, to understand on a deeper level that you are with us because I'm convinced that to the degree that we will understand that, our hearts will be transformed and shaped into people who move towards people to be with. And God, that is your strategy. That is your heart for people. You have drawn us close. Your pursuit of us isn't for anything other than to be with us. And God, when we're with you, we are changed. So God, would you be with us? God, would you allow our hearts to be receptive? Would you allow our ears to hear what you have to say? And would you give us the boldness to move in the direction of your calling for our life? God, we love you. This is all for you. And all God's people said, amen. So God is with us. Can we say that together? God is with us. And God is with us through people. God is with us through people. And that sounds great in theory, but I find one giant problem with that statement. God is with us through people. There's one giant problem. I don't know if you see it as clearly as I do, but the problem with the statement, God is with us through people, is people. So I don't know if you have met people, but people are the worst. People are terrible. They are a real challenge. I was thinking, you know, it's not all Gryffindors out there, friends. There are some serious Slytherins in our midst. You know, it's, it's not just some of them either. It's all of them, and it's not just all of them. It's us, too. That's why Bob Goff has this quote that I just love. It says, love difficult people. You're one of them. And it's not even just, like, something to laugh at. This is just true. When you look in the mirror, it's not all just awesome. Like there is pieces of us that, no, we fall short. We are broken. We are one of them. Whenever we talk about them in a negative context, it's part of us as well. Here's the truth. If you are having a hard time seeing God, it's probably because people have made it entirely too difficult for you to see his goodness. We were called to be his image bearers, but oftentimes we don't reflect the goodness of God to others the way we were created to. And so if you're one of those people who ask, or who's asking or has asked the question at some point in your life, if God is with me, if God is with us, then why do I still feel so alone? I would say the short answer is because people 
have made you feel that way. It's not God who has failed you. It's people who have failed to reflect God's goodness and God's witness in a way that's compelling and actually shows us in a tangible way God's heart for us. And so at its core, that's the problem. The problem has been that we as the people of God have not actually reflected God in a way that helps people to understand it. But even though we're the problem, we're also the solution because it's just as true as it's ever been. God is with us through people. And whether we like to admit it or not, God created us for connection, not just with him, but with people too. All the way back at the beginning of your Bible in chapter 2 of Genesis, it says, The Lord said it's not good for the man to be alone. See, we were created for connection with people. People read this as a romance text. It's not. It's a text about the human condition. The Lord said it's not good for the man to be alone. And don't, don't miss the context of this. This is the first time in Scripture that God has ever called something not good. Up to this point, everything was good. And then God says, and this is his first ever not good. And he's talking about loneliness. He says it's not good for the man to be alone. And, and this is why when we try and isolate, when we actually try to avoid people because we're fearful of getting hurt again, we actually hurt ourselves more by actually going into a hole. Like the collateral damage of isolation is oftentimes far worse than the damage of actually pushing into the relationships around us. Friends, whether you like it or not, we need us. It might not be grammatically true, but it is absolutely true in our core. We have a deep need for with. It's undeniable. It's all the stories that are being told, even through pop culture. I was thinking about this. With, this concept of with is the heartbeat of every TV show that you love. This is the story of Friends. This is the story of Seinfeld. This is the story of the greatest TV show that's happening right now, Ted Lasso. This is a story about with. These are all stories that are telling the same story in different ways. They're saying, yes, life is hard. Yes, the world is broken, but at least we have one another to move through it with. This is what we watch. This is what we want. This is what we crave because this is what we were created for. We were created for with. You know, there's sometimes we don't even feel like engaging with people, but we still want to be around people. This week, my three-year-old Brooklyn wasn't feeling well, and she told um, myself and my wife, Kristen, she said, hey, I need to be alone. So we were getting up, and we were going to move out of the room, give her some space, and then she said, wait, Mama, I need you to stay. And she said, I thought you wanted to be alone. She said, yeah, I do want to be alone. My wife said, oh, you want to be alone, but you want to be alone with me. She said, uh-huh. You know, sometimes we don't want to engage with people, but we still want people in our proximity because we were created for with. Now, I just want to share a couple ideas out of Scripture today about what it looks like to actually live this out in such a way that we can be a vessel through which people experience God. Because there's a type of gift that we're called to give this Christmas that doesn't go under the tree. It's a gift that can only be given through our presence. And not our distracted presence, not our, our phone out browsing something, our presence of actually I am with you. That's one of the rarest gifts we can give these days. Even in this moment right now, I am with you. And so a few ideas. Here's the first one. God is with us through people who show up. Simple but true. God is with us 
through people that show up. When I was growing up, my dad just instilled in me from such a young age. He said, you're either there for people or you're not. He said, life is pretty complicated, but there's some simple things in it, which is to say you're either with people in the moments of life where it matters or you're not. So even though life can get pretty complicated, loving people should be pretty simple. If you want to love people, show up for people. If you want to love people, then be there when people need you. Don't come up with weird excuses on moving day why you can't help your friends. Don't do it. Say, what time are we going to start? Give the gift of. It's not even uh, if you want me to be included. If you want to love people, show up even when they don't ask for help. You know, this week, uh, Kristen and I have a friend named Emma, and on Friday night, she showed up on the porch unannounced and brought us over to some dinner so that we wouldn't have to cook. And she brought Brooklyn a present because Brooklyn hasn't been feeling good this week. And honestly, when she showed up, I was so moved by her kindness towards us that I didn't even know what to do. And she didn't have to, but she did it anyway. And we didn't ask for help, but truth be told, we kind of needed help because it was one of those weeks for us and we were overwhelmed and we were tired and we were not communicating well so we were frustrated with one another and we were in the middle of what we Christians call spirited fellowship (laughs) which means we were in a fight and yet right in the middle of our mess God showed up through our friend And we were reminded that God is with us. God is provider. God is faithful. And we could see it in a friend. Sometimes you don't realize how much you need the people around you until they show up when you don't even ask them to. Sometimes what you really need is someone who's willing to skip the question, is there anything you need? And who's just willing to show up on the porch and say, dinner's ready. Here you go. And we, when we actually get a front row seat to see that kind of love and that kind of support, we get a front row seat to see the heart of God for us. Scripture says two are better than one. They have a good reward for their toil. If they fall, one will lift up his fellow. But woe to him who is alone when he falls and has no one to lift him up. If two lie together, they can keep warm. But how will one keep a warm alone? And though a man might prevail against one who is alone, two will withstand him, and a threefold cord is not quickly broken. As I was looking at the scripture this week, I realized that a threefold cord is not quickly broken. This is something that a lot of you have probably heard taught on before. But, but, but what's implicit in it is that all that you have to do is show up to give your strength. It just says a threefold cord is not quickly broken. So our strength comes merely from the, the idea that we get to be with. And what that means for us, what I'm saying is what is not in the text here is uh, you have to show up and you have to have the right answers and you have to say them in the right order. A lot of times we put pressure on ourselves. We say, if I'm going to show up, I need to know what I'm going to say and how I'm going to say it. And if not, then it's not going to be a gift. But friends, I need you to know that pretty words are not the gift. Showing up is the gift. A threefold cord is not easily broken. And it's not because a threefold cord has all the answers for one another, it's because they stand with one another. Showing up is the gift. God is with us through people. He uses people to pick us up, He uses people to give us strength, He uses people to keep us warm. 
And I wonder this week who God's inviting you to show up for, to show love for, to show up unannounced on the porch and say, hey, here's your dinner. I heard you had a long week. I wonder if there's somebody, even as I was telling that story, that you know could use the love of God through you, who could use the reminder that God is with them, God sees them, God is still faithful and he's moving through people. And you could be that person. I wonder who that is and what it looks like for you to bless them this week. Second idea, God is with us through people who encourage. God is with us through people who encourage. So I've got a friend named Drew. And this week my wife and I were just talking about people who just kind of make us feel like we could do anything in the world, you know? I don't know if you've got people like that in your corner, but it's such a blessing. People who encourage you, people who remind you who you were created to be. And we were talking, I said, one of those people in my life has got to be my friend Drew. I'm serious. Just scrolling through the text thread of my friend Drew is literally one of the most encouraging things I can do as a human. I don't say literally like in an exaggerated way. I'm saying literally if I want to feel like empowered and I want to feel like I can do the things that God created me to do, that is literally one of the things that will give me the most courage. If I'm ever, I don't know why I would ever have to do this, but if I had to run through a brick wall, what I would want to do before I did that is read through my text messages from Drew. I would be like, you know what? I can do this. This is not impossible. I can do all things through Christ and through Drew's encouragement that strengthens me. I started reading through some of the old texts, and I found this one that I, I just needed this week from, from February. And uh, he said, hey, just thinking about how much I appreciate you. Oftentimes when I find myself frustrated with people or a situation and I'm tempted to speak unkindly, I ask myself, how would Brian Barron's respond to this? You're perhaps the most tangible ex example of the kindness of Jesus in my life. Thank you for always speaking words of life and joy and peace. What a gift you are to me. And reading it almost brought me to tears. And it doesn't matter that he probably copy-pasted that and sent it to 10 other people. I don't care. <laughs> it got to me when I needed it, and it lifted me up. It was like, it, it, it literally gave me courage. It's like, put somebody in front of me and I'm going to love them. Put somebody in front of me, I'm going to do everything in my power to lift them up, to build them up, to encourage them, to remind them who God created them to be. It's as if he's giving me the courage to keep moving in the direction of love. And even though the source of that courage is God, the medium through which God chose to get me that courage was true. Hebrews 10 verses 24 and 25 say, let us consider how to stir one another up to love and good works. I start that over. Let us consider how to stir up one another to love and good works, not neglecting to meet one another as is the habit of some, but encouraging one another. And all the more as we see the day drawing near. I love that it says, let us consider how to stir one another up towards love. Let us consider, let's actually think about Let's take a moment right now. Let us consider how God might be calling us to encourage one another, to stir one another towards love and towards good works. Let us actually think about the ways that we're positioned to lift one another up this Christmas season. Let us look for opportunities because the first thing we have to do is first consider and create space in our lives to actually think about where have you positioned me? Who are the people around me? And how can I be a presence that lifts people up?
the first thing we have to do is consider, but then we need to actually take the step past let us consider and move to let us do. This is where a lot of us get stuck. A lot of us consider texting a person, but it's just such a short window, and all of a sudden, if we keep moving, it's forgotten. It's lost. There's so many missed opportunities when we have great intentions and we don't move them into great actions. You know, the reason I was so blessed by Drew isn't that he thought about texting me. It's that he actually texted me. So he had a thought, then he wrote it down, and then he pressed the button. And that doesn't sound like that big of a gap from I had a thought, then I wrote it, and I hit the button. But somehow in that middle space, we oftentimes get lost, don't we? Because we're busy moving to the next thing. So let us consider, first, let's actually have the space and the capacity and the mindset to think about how God's positioned us. But let's not stop there, friends. What if this week we moved beyond consideration? And even right now, if there's somebody that you're considering texting, if you take the next two minutes and you don't listen to me and you text them, that would be such a gift to them and a gift to me. Let us consider how we can actually move people towards the love that God created us for. Friends, I need you to hear this. With doesn't happen on accident. It happens when we look for opportunity. It happens when we say yes to opportunity. And it happens when we move towards people and ask the question, how does God want to be with people through me? How does God want to be with people through me? Third idea, God is with us through people who bring us into the presence of Jesus. God is with us through people who bring us into the presence of Jesus. This is one of my favorite stories in all of Scripture. It's in Mark chapter 2. It's about this paralyzed man who's brought into the presence of Jesus by his friends. I'm just going to read a couple verses from it, starting in verse 3. It says, Some men came, bringing to him, him being Jesus, a paralyzed man, carried by four of them. Since they could not get him to Jesus because of the crowd, they made an opening in the roof above Jesus by digging through it and then lowered the mat the man was lying on. And when Jesus saw their faith, he said to the paralyzed man, son, your sins are forgiven. So verse five again, when Jesus saw their faith, it's not the faith of the paralyzed man, but it's the faith of the friends. He said to the paralyzed man, son, your sins are forgiven. A couple things to recognize. So this isn't the faith of the man who's before Jesus. It's the faith of the people who brought the man to Jesus that actually heals this man. And another thing that you need to know is it says, son, your sins are forgiven. They actually came because he was paralyzed and they wanted physical healing. But Jesus, always the overachiever, actually heals him holistically and in spirit and in mind and in soul. And actually says, son, your sins are forgiven. So Jesus is always going to do more than you expect him to and more than you ask him to. He doesn't forget about the physical healing. He gives him that. But he says, son, your sins are forgiven. I'm not just going to heal your body. I'm going to heal your soul. And I'm not just going to do it because you have faith. I'm going to do it because of the faith of your friends who brought you into my presence. Friends, this is good news indeed because God is powerful enough to actually move through the faith of a friend. God is powerful enough to move through the faith of a mother or a father or a sister or a brother or a coworker or a mentor or a coach or even a stranger. I've got a friend named Jim. And Jim and his wife, Sue, took Kristen and I through premarital counseling a few years back, and they're such incredible people. 
And Jim calls me every couple months to catch up. And a while back, he gave me a call and we were talking about life. And I said, Jim, it's so good to hear your voice because I know that if I'm hearing Jim's voice, it's gonna be a voice that lifts me up and calls me up and calls me out. And I said, Kristen, and I miss you guys so much. And before we hung up, he said to me, he said, hey, before we go, I just want you to know I've been praying for you every day. So not just praying for you, I've been praying for you every day. So I've been praying for your heart, I've been praying for your marriage, and I've been praying for your ministry. And then he added, and I want you to know that I'm proud of you. So before you go, I want you to know that I'm praying for you every day, for your heart, for your marriage, for your ministry, and I'm proud of you. And friends, I cannot put into words what that did in my heart. Just knowing that there's somebody in my corner faithfully lifting me up to God. Just knowing that even on the days when I'm not feeling particularly strong, I've got someone pleading my case from afar, asking God to give me strength in my inner being. Knowing that on the days when I'm not feeling particularly hopeful, that I've got somebody begging God to give me hope has given me such peace and such courage and such calm. Because I know that even if I'm not feeling it, I've got a friend who's lifting me up. I've got a friend who's looking for an avenue to get me into the presence of Jesus. And sometimes we need that faith and we need to struggle with that, but sometimes it's enough to just get around the right kind of people who are gonna lift you up. And if you're one of those people, if you're the praying kind, if you're the prayer warrior who's been praying and praying and praying, keep praying because God can move through the faith of others to heal the person. Sometimes it's enough to be faith adjacent and you can still be the recipient of God's beautiful healing. Because what people really need more than anything else this Christmas is to be brought into the presence of Jesus. And I was thinking about this in the context of Christmas invitations. You all have an extraordinary opportunity to not just invite people, we call them Christmas invitations, but it's not just about inviting. If we learn anything about the story of the paralyzed man, it's not that they say, hey, Jesus is over here, you're invited to go see Jesus. Some people cannot move on their own, they need somebody to pick them up. So what if instead of just viewing invitations as an opportunity to hand somebody a piece of paper, we said, hey, I'm going to bring you to church. Not like in a totally manipulative way, but like, hey, I, I want you to come with me. And if the front door isn't open, we're gonna to go to the side door. And if the side door isn't open, we're gonna go on the roof and we're gonna find a way to get us into the presence of Jesus because I am committed to you. I'm not just gonna invite you, I'm gonna bring you, I'm gonna lift you up and I'm gonna carry you because I know that Jesus is the source of all healing and all hope this Christmas and every Christmas, amen? Amen. John 13 says, a new command I give you, love one another as I have loved you, so you must love one another. By this, everyone will know that you are my disciples if you love one another. He reiterates that multiple times. That's how we emphasize things in scripture is by repeating something. So this is important. Love one another as I have loved you, so you must love one another. And then at the end again, it says, if you love one another. But isn't it interesting it doesn't say that you will know my followers by the way that they love me. It says they will know that you follow me by how you love them. Them meaning us, us meaning the church. 
So it's not just our prayer life. It is the way that our prayer life actually compels us towards people. It's how you treat people. It's how you show up for people. It's how you prioritize people. It's how you sacrifice for people. It's through your love of people that people will see God because God is love. And when we love in tangible ways, people have a tangible reflection of what God is like. And they, they can actually, it's almost as if you show them the way. It's almost as if you show them a picture of what God is like. You know, we're called as Christians to actually invite people into relationships and connections that are not like anything else in this world. I was thinking about it this way. What if, what if you and I, not you and I collectively like this, but what if you and I individually had an opportunity to connect outside of church? What if we got to grab a bite? What if we got to actually go and grab some coffee together? And if you know me and we've done that again, can we just imagine that this is a fresh start for us? We have never spoken before. This is an opportunity to actually lay a foundation for what our relationship's gonna be. And what if the first thing out of my mouth as a potential friend to you, just sitting down, getting to know somebody, what if the, these were the first words out of my mouth? Just imagine that we are sitting together. We've never talked before, and this is what I say. Say, hey, before we get into anything, I just want you to know that I like you. I just want you to know, I don't want you to spend the next hour wondering what I think about you. I want to tell you on the front. I want you to know on the front end that I am on your side. I want you to know that I am a safe place. I want you to know that I would never take advantage of you. I want you to know that I would never use anything that you say against you. I want you to know that I would never gossip about you. I want you to know that I would never manipulate you. I would never lie to you. I would never gaslight you. And I want you to know that I'm gonna do everything in my power to encourage and lift you up. Friends, what if before we got to talking about politics and sports teams and things that could divide us or even bring us together and give us a common interest, you just knew that before you said anything, before you earned anything from me, you knew that I was interested in you and I am with you and I am for you. Imagine if that was the fabric and the foundation of the relationship that you were invited into. How would that make you feel? You know, there's a kind of friendship that actually helps people see what a relationship with God is like. There's a kind of connection that we have the capacity to give through Jesus that can actually give people something that they've never had before. There's a type of love that we can offer that actually shows people the love of Christ. And just by a show of hands, how many of you would be interested in a friend like that? How many of you say, yes, that's the kind of friendships that I want? But here's the problem. Everybody says, give me that, and nobody's saying, God, would you make me that? Everyone's saying, yeah, I'll take three or four. That would be a great present to me this Christmas to have three or four friends who are just going to lay the foundation that, hey, no matter what you say, I'm going to be here for you. I'm never going to manipulate you. I'm never going to gossip towards you, and I'm just going to show you love and encourage you and lift you up. We're saying, I want that, but what we can always say is, God, would you make me that? Pastor Craig Rochelle says, if you don't like what you're getting, we always have to look at what you're giving. 
My friend Willow wrote this on Instagram the other day. She said, it seems like the people who know how to keep showing up, the ones who say sorry first, the ones who give and serve others, the ones who initiate, the ones who listen the most, the ones who show grace when things go south, the ones who model vulnerability, the ones who pick up the phone, aren't they the ones who have friends lined up out the doors of their lives? So in other words, this Christmas, what if we stopped looking for friends and started being a friend? What if we stopped looking for the perfect community and we started building community? What if we stopped expecting love and we started to show love? Because when we show people love, they can see the love of God in us. And friends, I can tell you from experience, I have seen God in my friend Emma when she showed up with a meal when we needed it on our porch. And I have seen God in my friend Jim when he brings me into the presence of Jesus and reminds me that I've got someone in my corner who's willing to lift me up. And I've seen God in my friend Drew when he encourages me and sends me the text right at the right time. He might not know that I need it, but God does. And I have seen God in my wife when she puts me first and when she shows me love. And I have seen God in my mom and in my dad and in my friends. And I have seen God through his church when we actually join hands and start loving people in such a way that shows them the heart of Jesus for them. We love without expecting anything in return. We give because that's what we do, not because we expect something back. And this Christmas, my prayer is that God would actually give us more opportunities to give than to receive. That if we're going to start someplace, we're not going to start by looking for the right kind of friends. We're actually going to start by being the type of friends who reflect Jesus and offer something different than the world. My prayer this Christmas is that we would prove our love not through pretty words, but through the simple act of showing up when people need us. My prayer is that we would be the type of friends who stir one another up towards the love and good works that Jesus created us for. That we would be the type of people who drag people into the presence of Jesus simply because we know that he is the source of all healing and hope. And this Christmas, my prayer is that you would not only know that God is with you, but that people would see God through you. Because with isn't just something to be celebrated, it's a reality to be lived in and to participate with. You know, my sweet girl, Brooklyn, anytime that she climbs something, we've got these stools in our house and she'll climb them and she gets on my back and climbs up there. Anytime she climbs more than two inches, really, that's the reality of it. Anytime she's more than two inches off the ground, if you really listen, you'll hear a mantra that's coming out of her mouth, the song that she sings. She always says this, it's so cute. She says, I can be brave. I can be brave. I can be brave. She's this far off the ground, I can be brave. I'm like, you get it, girl, absolutely, I can be brave. And you know, as we close today, and as we actually prepare to go out and have the most holy moment of all, which is where the church actually scatters and we become the hands and feet of God in a tangible way to the, to the world. But as we go, I need you to know that this series and this idea of with, if there ever was a series that we need to practice to actually allow it to land in our heart, it's this one. When it comes to giving the gift of with, it's one thing to say it, it's one thing to consider it, it's a whole nother thing to do it. And every time that we actually try to give something different than the world, the world gives reciprocal friendship. If you give me this, it's a contractual. 
And there's a type of friendship that we can give that says, hey, before we even get started, I want you to know that I like you, that I'm for you, that I'm not going to manipulate you, and nothing that you say is going to be held against you. We can actually give something different, but every time that we do, it creates a need for a risk. We actually have to risk. We actually have to be brave if we want to give a gift through our presence. We actually have to go first. We actually have to show grace and show forgiveness. And every single time, it creates the necessity of a risk. And in general, we tend to be risk avoidant. But here's what I just wanted to encourage you with. Everything that you want with regard to your relationships, the depth that you've been craving, the type of connections with people where you are fully known, all of it is on the other side of taking those risks. All of it is on the other side of saying, you know what, I don't feel like it, but I'm gonna be brave. I can be brave. I can be brave. And it might even be two inches off the ground. I can be brave. I can look at this person in the eyes. I can actually have a conversation. I can invest in this moment. I can be present. I can be brave. And so with that being said, as we close today and every single day through um, this December and through this holiday season, we're going to be creating opportunities for you to actually connect with one another and to be with your brothers and sisters in Christ and to be with your church community in a powerful way. And if you're online, we have not forgotten about you either. There are ample opportunities for you to actually make connections that mean something to the heart of God and actually get us, I think about this idea of with, a lot of it is about actually just getting reps. It might just be a small moment, but what that does is it gives us the capacity for bigger moments that are coming and we need to to actually get comfortable being uncomfortable and being with people in a way that matters. And so as we leave today, last week, Grant invited you out into the commons to go grab a box that looks like this. It just says, God with us. It's full of conversation starters and scriptures that are simply meant to be an opportunity and an asset for you to actually have meaningful moments with the people in your life. So if you did not get one of these, it's one per family, but you can feel free to grab them. There's um, there's, there's tables with these boxes on them as you leave. But this week, there's actually something else. It's not just boxes, but it's tables with boxes and also with cocoa. And not just cocoa, but cocoa with marshmallows. I don't know if you were like me. I said this last night. I don't know why I'm saying it again. It's very uninteresting. But uh, I had these, uh, we, we never got the mini marshmallows growing up. And apparently, it's coming out of me. It, it did something in my heart. We had to, like, rip those big ones. And so I think we've got mini marshmallows so you don't have to relive my apparently traumatic moment growing up with the big marshmallows, but here's the opportunity for you. There's nothing holy, there's nothing sacred about cocoa, but every cup of cocoa is an opportunity for you to be with somebody. And being with somebody matters. It's not just the promise of Christmas. It is God's design for us. It is God's heart for us. And so as you go, I want to encourage you, would you pick up a box if you don't have one? Would you grab some cocoa? And would you actually have a connection with somebody? And you can ask them the simple question, what is your favorite holiday tradition? What do you like doing in the holidays? And you can smile. And what we're doing is we're practicing what does it look like to engage with people in the safest way that we know how right now. And again, if you are online, we have not forgotten you. When service closes, there's going to be a QR code that sends you to an after party. We had people on there last week that were just... Uh, 
just incredibly encouraged by the opportunity. So I just want to encourage you to take a step, to take a risk, to actually sign in on that QR code. If you're in the chat, there's going to be a link for you. Uh, and go and make a meaningful connection today. With is not something that starts tomorrow. It's something that starts right now. And God wants to work through you to show people that God is with them. So let me pray for us. Then we're going to go have cocoa. And if you're online, we can go to the after party. So Holy Spirit. I'm just so convinced that if there ever was an idea that might sound good in reality, but actually requires something of us, it's this. God, you sacrificed to be with us. God, your love has enabled a way for us to be with you. And God, now we are actually called to be with one another in such a way that people can see your presence in your lives, your provision in their lives, your love towards them. So this week, God, even in this moment, let us consider how we are positioned, who we're positioned to lift up, who we're positioned to encourage, who we're, in, who we're in position to bless. And would you allow us to move past consideration and into action? God, you are the God of action. You move towards us. You go first. You show us the way. Would you teach us what it looks like to respond, to be brave? Would even in the smallest of risks that we're invited into, would we say, well, I can be brave, I can be brave. And would you show us what, it, what happens when we occupy those spaces? Lord, we love you, we love you, we love you. All this is for you, and we're so thankful for your example. And we just bring you honor and glory today. We ask all this in Jesus' name, and all God's people said, Amen.